Cappy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Now, here's Coach Cappy and the voice of the Golden Grizzlies, Neil Rule. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Greg Cappy Show. Now, typically we are live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills, but due to travel to Indianapolis and Chicago, a couple of uh, Coach Cappy's favorite stops uh, on the road. We are recording this one the day before we would usually be at RJ's Pub. As always, Greg Cappy Show brought to you by the Evans Law Group. My name is Neil Rule. He is a coach, Greg Campy. And, Coach, I'm suspecting you're in a good mood both as we record this and right now as it's airing. Number one, you got the win over Detroit. Number two, you'll probably be eating some Portillo. So all, all's right with you right now, right? Yeah, I feel bad that we're not at RJ's this week. We're not going to be able to have the trivia question. We're not going to be able to see him give a couple dollars away. More importantly, um, no season fries today, man. You know, like don't even get to see them, you know. <laughs> Let um, alone smell them or right, anything. Right, exactly. So I feel bad about that, especially after such a great victory Saturday that, you know, the, the 30 to 40 people that have been regulars coming every Wednesday, uh, we don't get to celebrate together and talk about the future. But you and I will. We're, we're stuck here in this little room in the courtside club outside the arena floor. Uh, just you and I and remnants of the food that was eaten at the last home game well coach you know through the magic of radio this becomes the uh the podcast studios uh sponsored by the evans law group right. you know the magic of radio doesn't that sound better coach yeah i guess <laughs> sounds I more guess. magical uh you guys got a huge win uh certainly everybody knows that over detroit mercy in the metro series rival and in coach you know what about that Take us through it. Uh, Antoine Davis certainly was the story. This was a guy that was coming in the number two score in the country. Uh, you had a week to prepare. How big was that to have that extra time to prepare as you sit back and look at it in retrospect? Well, I think we talked about it after the game. I think Detroit brings, you know, they have a new coach. He's from a different part of the country. Uh, he's been down in the South for a long time. And he, he brought in a, Syrac a Syracuse assistant. And to play that Syracuse zone, which nobody in our league plays, which is a smart move. Um, and then he also does some different things offensively. And then he brought a great player with him in his son. So you have some uniqueness there that the other teams don't have. And having a week to prepare for it, I think, was really vital for us. The thing that I'm really pleased with is the maturity level of our team and how we're growing and that we could put an, uh, kind of a weird game plan out there and see him execute it and then when Detroit made some adjustments we adjusted and we adjusted on the fly and, and did it. I think the reason that the little gimmick that we did worked was because Braden Norris and Javen Cumberland's uh, intelligence on how to play that rover spot that we had uh, they really really did a heck of a job of reading what was going on and making adjustments as the game went and uh, you know I really think I mean while we were in that goofy zone, we held Detroit 2.80 points per possession. Um, and when we were in the man, they were getting 1.23 points per possession, which is a lot. I'm no math major, Coach, but that sounds like a big deal. It, it, it was a big deal. So that, that little gimmick really worked. And it worked. They all, you know, I don't want to signal anybody out because it takes five guys and Maddox's length on him and and how hard we played in it and everything, but the intelligence factor that, that uh, both Cumberland and Braden Norris showed at the at the top of that key in the rover spot really, really made a difference. And you look at it, too, what ended up happening from that, Javen Cumberland uh, ended up the Horizon League Player of the Week as well for, for what he did. You know, certainly that gets glossed over a lot, what people do defensively because there is no stat in the column for it. There is no... I guess, uh, intelligence mark in the column for when you say, you know, played so well defensively, played so intelligently defensively. There, there's no way to really track that for, for the everyday uh, fan. But he did have 24 points. He hit six three-pointers. That's what you do when you're on the road. That's what you do when you play your rival. And that's how you become Horizon League Player of the Week. Well, players have to make plays to win championships, to win big games, to win a rivalry game. you got to make plays. And we did. I mean, we didn't, you know, we didn't play out of our mind we didn't you know no. we, we actually shot our numbers uh, from the three were less than our season mm -hmm. averages our free throws were horrendous I mean we we went uh, 12 for 22 from the free throw line and we were one of the top free throw teams in the country um, we're going uh, you know so we we 
I mean, we could have run away with the game late if we'd have made free throws and things like that, but we didn't, and, and we did what we had to do to win, and, and like I said, players made plays. You know, X didn't have his greatest game, but he made some big, made a big post move late in the game. Cumberland hit some big shots. Brad Brechting had a phenomenal game for us. Beck played really well in the limited minutes that he played. Uh, Kamari Newman played really well defensively. Uh, didn't have his best shooting game, but made some key baskets. We just did what we had to do. You know, we got a seven to eight point lead. Uh, we kept it there the majority of the game. They would cut it down to two or three every now and then. We'd get it right back up to six or seven. And it just kept going from six, seven, eight to two or three and then back up. And then all of a sudden it was 15, 17. And uh, gave us, a, you know, gave us some space at the end to make a lot of mistakes, and we did. He <laughs> <laughs> did get the win, did make a lot of mistakes. Uh, you're, you're absolutely correct in both regards. But, Coach, what about that? Because, as you said, it wasn't like you came in here and you shot the lights out and you say, hey, man, we, we had to have the A game in order to win this. We got it. Let's move on. I mean, do you walk away? Because I'll, I'll tell you, obviously working here, I work here. But, B, I'm an, I'm an alum here. I, I went to school here. And, as, as a fan, sometimes when I put my fan on, my fan hat on, I look at that basketball game, and I say, you know what, Coach? As you said, you, you played your game. You, you played basketball, and it was good enough to go in there and get a win in a hostile environment where those fans were more than ready uh, for Detroit to, to get a taste in the Metro Series against the first-place team in the conference. You guys did that. Didn't do anything particularly awesome. Just did what you had to do. Do you do you take a lot of confidence from that to say, hey, we don't we don't have to shoot the lights out to win basketball games. We just have to play the way we're capable of playing. I hope so. I, I think for the all three phases of the game, you know, I think we played those phases the best combined that we have all year from from the defensive end, the rebounding end, and from the offensive end. I think that was the best that we meshed all three of those phases together. Um, there's there's really, in basketball, there's a couple more phases of the game. Like football, they talk about three phases. I really think there are five in basketball. I think you have your rebounding phase, your, uh, both at the offense and defensive end. Then you have your defensive game plan, your offensive game plan, and I think you have your dead ball, you know, sideline out of bounds, baseline out of bounds, and I thought we won that one. And then the free throw shooting, and we lost that one. I mean, that, that was not good. But from the three key phases, offense, defense, and rebounding, I thought that was the best we meshed all three together. And, Coach, usually we do our Twitter bit with the hashtag AskCampion. You guys, you know, it doesn't have to be the day of the show or anything like that. If something pops in your head during the week, fire off a tweet with the hashtag AskCampion. They uh, they're all stored there, and we get to them any time through the week. You guys want to send one, we will get to it on the next show. You can you can guarantee that. And and we'll do that a little bit later in the show. But one jumped out at me and, and Jake Wolock who, uh, of the Grizz Gang, who uh, always is rolling out to RJ's Pub. Uh, with a lot of other people, man. It's been incredible. Everybody at RJ's Pub this year has certainly been incredible. But Jake Wolock tweets at us with the hashtag AskCampy. says, Coach, the game plan used for Davis Saturday afternoon, can it be used multiple times or will it work for only one game? How do you think Mercy will adjust to that game plan for their future games? Well, you know, that, that that's a really good question. And I think that, you know, a lot went into that. Um, the fact of the matter was that, you know, we were playing it on the road, and usually you don't gimmick in other people's gyms. Usually when you gimmick, you gimmick in your gym, and, you know, you hope that they're on the road and they don't. But the fact of the matter was is they were 5-1 and one in first place, and they haven't been there in a while. So we knew there would be pressure on them. We also knew that there would be pressure on uh, – them from a fan basis. I mean, they, they average playing in front of about a thousand people. Uh, you know, the, the numbers may, might have been 1,200, but, you know, those numbers include tickets that were sold, but that doesn't mean those people are there. Right. Same at our place, same at anywhere, you know, so I'm, I'm not saying that that's anything. I'm just saying that the truth of the matter is that probably, if they're averaging 1,200, they're probably averaging 900, just like if we averaged you know, 3,200 were probably right around 3,000 just because some people buy tickets and don't show up. So we knew that, you know, there'd be, you know, if it hadn't snowed, there'd be six or 7,000. No so doubt. going into it, we were thinking there were going to be seven or 8,000. So that kind of pressure on the home team is pressure. 
and you know, new it, to it's, them. And it's new to them. And, and, you know, so we knew that. So we, we gambled and said that this is, if we're ever going to do this, this is the time to do it. And, you know, a long, long time ago, 30-some years ago, we, uh, I, I'm going to give credit to a, a woman's coach at Oakland from years ago by the name of Bob Taylor. Uh, Bob and I were in the office, and I was playing, trying. We had just gotten the Oakland job, and we hadn't really built it yet. We were trying to go from the bottom of, not the bottom of the barrel. I mean, we weren't even in the barrel when I got this job. Um, they'd never never had a winning season in the history of their league play. Um, they, they were the doormat when I got here. I mean, and when I say doormat, I mean, if you look at the scores, there were, they had, Played some Division One games and lost a hundred and something to forty something. You know, I mean, they they just it was a little school out in the suburb that nobody cared about, and and we had to change that and make people care about Oakland and about Oakland basketball. And you guys guys like Scott Bittinger and Brian Gregory and those name players did that for us. We got some really good players, but at that time we didn't have anywhere near the amount of players and we were playing Wayne State who was you know athletic and really good had a great basketball tradition and we were gimmicking with triangle and two and he could they had they just had a third player and if you triangle and two he was just going to kill you and and Taylor and I were talking about how what do you do that and he goes well and I don't know where he got it from he goes well I got this thing from this guy where we play three dots and an eye and I what <laughs> And uh, he goes, yeah, we're going to play three guys man-to-man, and we're going to play two guys in a zone. And so I tried that 30-some years ago against Wayne State, and it worked. And But, we, again, it was a one-time deal. And so basically what we did Saturday is we guarded, if you look at their stats, three of their guys take 75 to 80% of their shots. And I can talk about it because we probably won't do it again. I mean, we might throw it out there, but we're not going to go into a game and say this is what we're going to do. We might, if we get in trouble, we might throw it out there to see how they. The thing we know is they've got to prepare for it, and they've got to come up with some stuff, and that's what they're going to have to spend their time doing before we play them again. And then maybe we can just go play them man to man. And you know, in our gym, if Antoine gets 32 we can still win the game, I would hope, in our gym. I, I didn't think in their gym if he got 32 or, you know, what's the average 29 in the league, right. if he got that 29 or 30, I didn't think we could win in their gym. I think in our gym, if he does that, we can win. So, you know, we, I would doubt we would do it again. We'll see before the, the game, but they've got to prepare for it. So we went three guys man-to-man because – 75% of the shots they take came from those three guys, Davis, McFowley, and uh, 14, I can't think of his name right now. Um, Rice. Right. Who? It's a dare. Um, I have the, uh, it's funny how quickly. King. Even King. for me. Darius King. 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 That's right. Darius King, right. So those three guys uh, were taking 75% of their shots, but more importantly, they were taking 90% of their threes. 90%. And so we decided that we're not going to let the three of them beat us. We're going to make the other two guys in their bench beat us. And the way to do that, we were going to guard those three guys man-to-man. Then we put one guy, our big, at the front of the rim and told him to stay there and play a zone around the basket. And then we took Braden Norris, who, again, he and Cumberland rotated at this spot, and we put them at the top of the key in a zone. And any time Davis got the ball in his hands, we ran and doubled him. Any time McFolly got the ball in his hands, at the three-point line, we doubled him. King, we just played man-to-man because we felt that we could guard him man-to-man. And he, he, we think he could make open shots, but we didn't think he was a tough shot maker. Mm-hmm. Um, now that I say that, the next time we play here, he'll probably make ten tough shots against us. But the video had showed going into that game that if he's not a tough shot maker. He's a shot maker. Right. if he gets looks. So we thought we could guard him man-to-man, not double him, make him make tough shots. And if he did, good for him. Um, but Norris and Cumberland did an unbelievable job of getting the ball out of Davis's and McFauley's hands. They were smart. Uh, Mike Davis, the coach at Detroit, made a, an adjustment and put a guy at the free-throw line. 
in the first couple possessions he did that the guy got down I think he turned it over with a travel the first time and then he made a tough shot the second time and then we made an adjustment in that we started faking at Davis and then running to that guy and that guy gave us enough time to get back in front of him and then it was, they were in real trouble then um, so the the adjustments that that Braden and Cumberland made really really made it work and then the pressure of you know here's all the stakes a, right yeah, here's a kid who just traveled he's a freshman and the guys that always score aren't getting shots and now I got to get shots I'm wide open coach do I shoot it do I drive it you know they just were in a position they'd never been in before and we got lucky I mean it it, it all worked out in that moment tomorrow it could be completely different and so you know it, it was a one-time deal that worked uh, will we ever use it again sure it probably I won't be here in another 30 years so if I'm gonna do it again it's gotta be in the next eight or ten years it can't be 30 years later <laughs> so no 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 30 years later not gonna put 65 years in no. uh, on the gig coach no I don't you, think so are you breaking news right here yep coach Campy announces he will not see a 65th season I will Aren't not. At 93, I will not be the coach at Oakland University. I know there's some people that were hoping that at 63, I wouldn't be. But I'm telling you, at 93, I will not be. All right, Coach, we'll take our first break of the show. When we come back, we'll wrap up the uh, Detroit talk as well. Also have your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. A lot of stuff I want to get to uh, with you too, Coach. We'll talk about Indianapolis, and we'll talk about Chicago as well. Chicago, a place where, for whatever reason, Oakland's had a lot of success. I want to touch on that with you as well. And, and also what happened in the NFL playoffs. I, I'm curious to get your take on, on the officials and the, you know, the 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 mental plays and the mental breakdowns and the plays that don't take talent and how coaches can survive. Just how you survive this profession, uh, I have to know. And we'll talk about all that and more. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. My experience gives me the insights necessary to foresee unknown risk and to provide employers with strategic options to best manage their risk and to leverage opportunities that span the spectrum of on-demand HR issues that arise on a daily basis. I am grateful for these recognitions, but even more grateful for the trust and confidence our clients continue to place in us. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 468 1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule here again for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Look, a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak. All I can tell you is this I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Neil Rule here for D2 Technologies. D2 Technologies is here for all of your business or residential technology needs. Business owners, you know network infrastructure is the backbone of your business. It is. And D2 Technologies can save you money on the design and installation of your networks, phone systems, or security cameras. Are you a homeowner and want that complete home theater experience? Yeah. D2 Technologies is your answer. Dennis Burnham, the owner and installer at D2 Technologies, has done work in my home and is one of the best in the business. That's fact, not opinion. We have to call. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Call D2 Technologies at 586-256-9436. David Cumberland right wing will drive it into the paint. Hands it off. Bang! With a two-hand jam! The double team came from Beck's man. JC found JB. He threw it down with authority. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Typically, we are live at RJ's Pub due to travel to Indianapolis and Chicago for a big weekend 
of Horizon League action. We are not there uh, as of right now, but we will be back in effect live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills next week. Love to see you out there. Big crowds uh, all season long. It really has been incredible. Coach, what about that, man? I mean, we got to the point two weeks ago it was basically standing room only in RJ's Pub. Uh, it's, it's been incredible. Well, I, I think as good as Red Ox was to us, that they just didn't have the venue for it. There were right. too many people in there. Uh, where we were set up, there would be people, Christmas parties going on, and they're looking at us like, you know, why are we here and messing up their Christmas party? And and we have our own special place at RJ's, our own room. It's just the people that came for the show. They can hear the show in there. Yeah. Where in uh, uh, Red Ox, they couldn't hear it. Um, the people at Red Ox were great. It, it just, we're in a better venue. Even though it's further away from campus, we're still getting a good, you know, Grizz gang representation, and we're getting people from the community are now, they're making Wednesday night, dinner night at RJ's, and they come for dinner and then stay for the show. And, you know, we had the team there that interacted with them, and you do a good job of interacting, and I think the people that come really enjoy it. And uh, it is kind of so. Come on out because we can we can always slide in more chairs. There's, it's, <laughs> it's crowded, but last week we had an empty table, so we, we can we had fill a, that table. We had a empty table, yes. <laughs> an empty table, like folks. There there was just one empty table there, but I certainly do want to see you out there at RJ's Pub. Again, this is the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Take your questions with the hashtag #AskCampy and wrapping up the Detroit discussion. Another win over Oakland, and, and Coach, I'm going to guess that feeling. Wait, 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 what? Another win for Oakland over Detroit, and Coach, I was going to bring because I wanted to ask <laughs> you. Get me nervous. <laughs> I wanted to I wanted to bring up this question to you so bad that I couldn't wait to get to it. But I'm going to guess that for you personally, taking taking the program, taking everything else aside, you the competitor, you the coach, that approximately will never get old. Walking out of Callahan Hall onto that bus with a victory under your belt. That's four in a row there. You know, we may never get another one. Who knows? So you cherish those. When you have a rival like we have, it's a big deal. And those games are big games. And they're your season makers and they're season destroyers. And, uh, you know, it'll be, it, it'll, be easy. it'll be interesting to see what happens this week on the road where both of us now are 5-2. and two, And we're coming off winning there. And they, we play the exact same two teams on the road. Right. So it'll be, did that game affect what happens? Do we ride a wave and get wins over it, or do we get big-headed and like we did after Northern Kentucky and get slapped down a little bit? Yeah. Do they get fueled by the loss and go forward, or do they get, you know, slapped down because they lost to their rival? You know, it's sports are so interesting, the game within the game, and this is, this is an interesting week just from a psychological standpoint to sit back and watch it. Is it a fair question to ask you, maybe this week we find out who is a better team mentally uh, ac across the course of, of a week or, or two weeks when you're able to, to put that stuff aside and focus on the tax at hand? No, because we both have two different mental aspects going in. We're not, you know... We're not the exact same. We both didn't have the same thing happen. So I, I think we both could blow it or we both could rise from it. You right. know, I think that each team is in a unique situation. And honestly, other than learning from it, and me, I'm a stat guy, and I love following that stuff. I'm into the psychology of the game and that. That's why I'm interested in it. Right. I, I really don't care what happens to them. I mean, I want them to continue to win and be good so the next time we play them, we're playing for something. I want us to continue to win and be good because it's my job. Uh, but I'm interested in the psychology of it. It's not that it's Detroit. Too, it's man. just that, you know, I mean, that's what makes sports fun. We all look at it differently. We all have different reasons to love it. And we all see it differently. Right. I mean, I've talked to people that saw Saturday's game way different than I saw it. I, I mean, I've talked to... You know, I, I've talked to some friends of mine that are Detroit fans that say, well, the only reason... You, the only reason that you won is you made you guys shot really well and we didn't. And the truth of the matter is neither of us shot like right. we can't. I mean, but but you see it different, and that's what makes sports great, and that's why people pay to go, and that's why I get paid to coach, and, and you know, and so it's awesome. No question about it. More questions with the hashtag AskCampy in relation to the victory over Detroit in the Metro Series. And, Coach, you touched on this a little bit, but uh, MDFun89 on Twitter wants to know, Coach, uh, ask Coach if he's ever run that defense in his 35 years at Oakland. If he did, who against? Because I never saw it in my 32 years of watching Oakland basketball. Well, it may have been – It's this is year 35, and it may have been year two or year three that we ran it against Wayne State. And, yeah. you know, when we got, in the, when we got here, Wayne State – and Ferris State were the 
Uh, they were it. They were the epitome of the Glee Act, and they were because they had athletes. You know, in that day, there was no three-point line when I first got here, and you know, the more athletic teams seemed to win the game. Uh, and you know, we were a bunch of suburban kids. That, you know, uh, and a lot of the Gleac teams, the Hillsdales and Grand Valleys, and the game had not really. Wayne and Ferris were more of the urban players that were more athletic, um, and so we were in a bind. We couldn't guard them. We couldn't guard the athletes. Couldn't stay in front of them. Right. right. So we had to come up with gimmicks and things like that. And, <laughs> and like I said earlier, we, we used it in that game. And it was successful. We won the game. Why did it work here, Coach, in retrospect? Why why were you able to take this program and get to Division One and give victories over top ten teams and go to the NCAA tournament three times in you know, 12 years? Why? Why, why did it work here? Well, the, the absolute reason, and whether we did it because – my staff was really good at recruiting or I was good at recruiting and I'm not a great recruiter because I'm not a salesman you know I, I mean I try and sell Oakland and his program but I, I'm too much of a truth teller you know I've told every kid I've ever recruited that you know Oakland's won 14 championships and I've coached 600 wins and and you've never played in one of them <laughs> we did it before you right. got here we yeah, can do it if you're you not know, here yeah. right you know so it's I've always been the you know, and these kids today don't want to hear that. They, they know they've been told since they were four years old how great they are. Right. But the truth of the matter is, we've won because we've had great players. I mean, the Oakland fan base—I don't even think they know or understand. Every fan base today only cares about the next game and what happened. And I hear about how tough it is to be an Oakland fan because we lost to to. Uh, Youngstown that game in the tournament and how tough it is because we have these disappointing losses. Well, tell, show me a show me a great right. program that doesn't. Well, coach, and, and even that, Gonzaga, their fans are well. We can't get to the final four. We you know we went out, but we can't get to the final. We right. got there one time, you know. Well, coach, and too, if you extrapolate it too, because I, I I hear that as well. And if I just look at it across the country at the mid-major level, when they play these tournaments at the end of the year, what one in three favorites? Usually, maybe one in three, one in four favorites actually pop these things and there, win. There's a lot of number one seeds that don't that, win that are in the NIT. Yeah, a lot yeah. of number one seeds. So, so if you go across the the run that we've had here, by the math, it plays out exactly where it should be. Well, and, and right now we've had a, a, a little bad run in the in the postseason league tournament since we got in this league. But if you take the last 15 years, uh, actually the last 14 years, we've we've been in five championship games in the league tournament in the last 14 years that's one every three years if you average right. it out if you look at and, and now the, the naysayers are out there are going to go we don't care we only care about this year and next year and i understand that but my point and and what i'm the reason you asked me is how did we get good and how have we we if you look at the postseason tournament the conference tournament in the state of michigan since the year 2005, uh, we've won the postseason conference tournament three times. Michigan has won their Big Ten postseason tournament twice. Just the last two years, mm -hmm. they had won it. Michigan State has won it three times. The rest of the other Division One schools in the state Eastern, Central, Western, and Detroit have won at a combined, the four schools have a combined three conference tournament championships. We have won three, Michigan State has won three, Michigan two, and the other four schools have combined three. Uh, it's, not, it's not easy. That, yeah. Well, my point is, you don't, no, nobody wins it right. every year. I mean, Michigan right. State's only won three in the same time we have. But my point is is that we've won as many as Michigan State, and we've won more than Michigan in the last 14 years. We've only been eligible for it for like 17 years. Mm -hmm. and, it, and if you go into those, set, those other three years that we've been eligible, I think that the numbers only cha don't change at all. Michigan has three.
but that came in the back in the 90s when the first year of the Big Ten tournament. So it's 3-3 overall. But right. we weren't eligible until 2004 or something like three. 2003, I think, was our first time we were eligible to play for it. So what I'm saying is that we've wanted as much as Michigan State's wanted, more than Michigan's wanted in that time frame, as much as all the rest of the uh, – tournament the division one teams in the state have won it combined and yet if you go talk to our fans right now they're mad because we haven't won it since 2011 or 12 mm -hmm. and i get it i understand it but in talking to your your point on your question is the reason that we've been able to do that and match michigan state and have one more than michigan and all that kind of stuff is i've had great players and we've recruited great players and I don't even think our fan base knew what they had when we had a team with Reggie Hamilton, Travis Bader, Keith Benson, and Will Hudson, Will Hudson and Larry Wright. I mean, look at those five Five players. pros. Five guys that made a lot of money playing professional mm -hmm. basketball on the court at one time at Oakland. Kendrick Nunn this year played for the Golden State in those games, became our fourth NBA guy to play in a game. Um, now, he hasn't played in a regular season game, but he played in the exhibition games, and I'm sure he'll get up. They'll call him up at some right. point. We've had four NBA players in, since 2000, and uh, I think Raul got out of the NBA in 2007. So in the last 12 years, we've had four guys playing in the NBA. You can't name 25 teams in the country that can say that. I mean, if you start with the Blue Bloods, Kentucky, Kansas, Michigan State, right, Carolina, Duke, Duke, Carolina, and all of a sudden you get to about 10 or 12 of those, and okay, who else? Cincinnati's not putting a guy in the pros every single year Wisconsin, in the NBA. Yeah. Wisconsin had that run with Decker and, and Kaminsky, Kaminsky yeah. and that, but I'm not even sure they got four. And you just go look at it, and there aren't 25 teams, not mid-majors. I'm talking anybody, any team that can say they had four. Right. I, some stat geek out there, I'd like them to go through it and find out what it really is because I don't have time to do that. But, <laughs> but it, it, I guarantee, I don't. I would bet it's 25 or less. It might be 35 or less out of 350. Our fans have got to watch those. They got to watch Nunn and Kay Felder and Ron Marshall and, and Keith Benson. Those four guys are in the NBA. They got to watch Travis Bader break the all-time three-point record I thought should have been in the NBA but never got the opportunity averaged 13 a game in the summer league with Philadelphia but nobody picked him up yeah so to answer your question that's why it isn't coaching strategy it isn't you know if we do something really well as a coaching staff over the last 36 years 35 years I already gave myself one more year there. but if we've done something well I think we develop players I think I think on my on my tombstone, if they said, "What do you want to put that was your best part about Oakland?" I, I think I would put this guy could develop players, you know. And, and it's not really me. I'm in charge. My staff is the guy that right. people do all the work. I I yell and scream, but they do all the work. So it's our program has developed players uh, because you know, Ron Marshall couldn't play at Ball State and he played in the NBA. Keith Benson averaged three points a game in high school. Three points a game in his 48th pick in the NBA draft. Nobody wanted Felder. I think Southern Indiana, Southern Illinois was his, you know, in, in the Missouri Valley was the only school that we fought with. Um, Kendrick Nunn's a transfer, but when he was at Illinois, he wasn't on any draft boards. Right. He wasn't anywhere to be found. Um, Travis Bader, Will Hudson, neither one of them had a Division One scholarship offer, right? officer. I mean, you take Keith Benson, Travis Bader, and Will Hudson – and not one of them had a Division One offer. In fact, Bader didn't. His Division Two offers were the bottom teams, the top Grand Valley, and, and those teams didn't even want him in the GLIAC. So, we've been able to re identify who are good players, and then my staff's been able to develop them. All right, we'll take our next break. When we come back, we'll get to your questions on Twitter with the hashtag AskCampy. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live at RJ's Pub, but don't worry. We'll be back there next week. This is the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. 
Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News & World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means that our clients believe they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Evans Law Group was founded with an emphasis on advising businesses on all facets of their labor and employment law issues, including conducting a broad range of in-house employment and human resources compliance seminars, having effective training for executives and managers related to HR compliance issues in the workplace has never been more critical than it is today. I am honored to have presented my seminars to a broad array of businesses, ranging from publicly traded companies to multi-generational family businesses, and to just about everything in between. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248-468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com. Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule, the voice of the Golden Grizzlies for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Real Team Real Estate is locally owned and headquartered just down the road in Shelby Township. Real Team Real Estate is not your typical big box retail operation. Visit them on the web at mirealteam.com. Tell them Neil Rule sent you. They have five offices in the metro area, so whether it's Rochester or Romeo, Real Team has you covered. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Hear that? That's the sound of the all-new Ram 1500. That's the sound of best-in-class V8 towing. That's the sound of a luxurious cabin with an available 19-speaker Harman Kardon audio system. That's the sound of a Hemi V8 engine with e-tour. With class-leading features like these, no wonder more people are switching to Ram trucks than ever before. Get a great deal on Ram 1500, Motor Trends 2019 Truck of the Year. During the auto show, well-qualified returning FCA employee lessees get a low-mileage lease on the all-new 2019 Ram 1500 Bighorn Crew Cab 4x4 with a V6 engine and standard audio system for $199 a month for 24 months with $2,955 due at signing. Tax, title, license, extra. Class-based on light-duty pickups. Based on IHS market, U.S. household methodology, and FCA segmentation of conquest data from U.S. new vehicle registrations for CYE 2010 to 2016. Call 1-877-RAM-5722 for details. Requires dealer contribution to lease through U.S. Bank. Lessee is solely responsible for termination fees. Current lease must end by 2 3 25 cent charge for each mile over 20,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 131. Xavier Hill Mays, long three, left corner. Of course, FedEx delivers a triple. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group, usually live from RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. Due to travel, we are not. So we're recording this the day before, but don't worry. Next week, we will be back live at RJ's Pub, taking your questions with the hashtag AskCampy. And, Coach, let's fire through these. I want to get your take uh, on the NFL playoffs as well and uh, down and distance stuff that you always talk about uh, as a coach. But uh, we'll, we'll get the questions here first with the hashtag AskCampy. Brian Schmucker wants to know, Coach, will you be wearing sneakers for the coaches versus cancer this weekend? Yes, we're going to wear both games. Uh, I, I only wanted to do it on Saturday, but after t national TV last night showed everybody doing it on Monday too, uh, we will do it Thursday at, at right uh, IUPUI on Saturday in Chicago. Uh, our old buddy, Luke Fleer, uh, tweets in at us as well. says, Coach, have you ever drop-kicked a basketball during practice or a game? Wondering if you could still punt a football 77 yards like your, day at, your days at Bowling Green. Uh, what do you like most about recruiting basketball players who also excel at high school football? You know, Drew Valentine, Trey Maddox. Could X maybe follow in Antonio Gates' path? So that's a three. That's a three spot there. Have you ever drop-kicked a, a ball? Well, how much time we got? <laughs> <laughs> Got about nine minutes in this segment. So we're playing at Ferris State, oh, probably three or four years into it, and uh, they're really good, and we had just gotten good. And it was a big game. We actually ended up winning the game. Uh, they were they were number one in the country, and you talk about gimmicking. We went in there and we held the ball. We held the ball until there was five seconds on the shot clock and then we cleared the floor and went one-on-one -on -one. and the game started Ferris did not touch the ball until there was 14 minutes left in the first half because <laughs> we missed four straight times and got the rebound and did the same thing and took it out they touched the ball with like 1450 to go I think the game ended up 
51 to 50 or 36 to 38 or some there was there was we did it twice there once we lost by two and once we won but when they were number one in the country we won scott bittinger made a we had never led in the whole game until scott bittinger made a shot with one second to go but in the middle of that game i got mad and the ball came rolling over and i can't believe i did this but it came rolling over and i just kicked it now there was nobody in the in the building in those days, but Ferris State had an upper deck. So if you imagine our bench, the floor, about 20 rows across from the floor, and then an, a balcony—not a balcony, but an upper deck—but it was a gym. Mm -hmm. And so the bleachers they rolled up and not out. If you know what I mean, they didn't roll back, and you could see the gym. They rode up. And you couldn't see the gym, so right. you could, while those bleachers were up and the game was going on, they could have intramurals or something going on there. Well, they didn't have the bleachers out because they were playing Oakland. Nobody cared. And that ball, I kicked it. That ball went so high in the air that it went across the court, over everybody in the stands, hit the bleachers, came right back at me. Bounced on the floor twice and came right to me. I picked it up and threw it to the referee, and the referees didn't know what to do. <laughs> they, the people were laughing, and everybody, and, and they, no, their their bench was yelling, "I should get a technical." And the referees, and I just handed them the ball and play went on. It was, if we had that on video today, it'd be the top ten play of ESPN that night probably, and I'd be thrown out of the game. But so yeah, I did kick a ball once. It was it was <laughs> unbelievable. I swear, I wish I had it on video. <laughs> You, so, do, so you, you do that today, I might get suspended. <laughs> now, you're talking about 19, probably 85 or 86. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what about that? Do you like recruiting basketball players who also excel at high school football, like uh, Drew Valentine, like Trey Maddox? I think it's awesome. I mean, you know, where everybody's bitching and always talking about toughness, and, and you want toughness. I mean, you win with toughness. I mean, there's no other – well, I would put talent first and toughness second, shooting third, if I had to pick what I want out of somebody. What about uh, the third? The third question. Do you, you think maybe Xavier Hill Mays could follow like an Antonio Gates type path and, and be a tight end or something like that? Well, he's got football? he's got the hands to do it, and he's got the bulk and the size and the speed to do it. Uh, I don't know where his football mentality is though. You know, Antonio Gates actually got a college scholarship to play football at Michigan State, um, so he he was a football player too. I don't think Xavier's ever played football. We had a guy named Sean Hopes years ago, and Sean. Cleveland, the Browns came in and worked him out after graduated, and they offered him a spot in to come to camp, and he didn't want it. He didn't want to. He did well, not want to go play in the NFL. <laughs> well, it, it's you got to be a different cat right. to, to do mean, that game, man. Especially you, at tight end because you got to block too. Yeah, you got to be a, just a different, different cat. I mean, Sean could have been a kicker, but I don't think they wanted him for that. <laughs> So, Coach, uh, speaking of football, I did want to pick your brain real quickly. We won't spend a lot of time on it, but the, the NFL playoffs and championship Sunday uh, that went down just a few days ago, twofold question for you. Number one, I'll, I'll go with the Chiefs-Patriots game first. You're the Chiefs. You come all the way back. You have the lead. You intercept Tom Brady. Flag falls. D Ford for Kansas City lines up offside. And he was. And he, and he wasn't even well, close. Yeah, he was, wasn't even close. How do you line up a yard offside? Well, part of it is they they got exhausted. Right. I mean, that fourth quarter, both teams were going up and back and up and back. And the defenses were out there. And, you know, and I think they just got tired. And, you know, fatigue makes cowards of us all. No question. Is that comment, you know, and it's true. That That's one of the truest statements I've ever heard in my life, that fatigue makes cowards of us. And, he probably didn't even. He was just so tired. He just, oh, I'm going right here. Yeah. You know, <laughs> where I fall. Yeah. And, and he probably he'll probably be playing for somebody else next year. Hey, but coach, what about that? And I, you and I have this conversation a lot. Well, we, I mean, it's not a conversation. I always ask you these questions. You guys are crazy. You know, you, <laughs> you coaches are crazy in the way that your legacy, your livelihood, your right to earn a check depends so much on what other people do. And, you know, if you're Andy Reid, you don't coach D4 to, to, to line up offsides or anything like that. That's just like what you talked about. The conditions of the game uh, made that happen. They had Tom Brady stopped. It was over. And they gave Tom Brady another crack at it. And if there's any guy in the world you can't give another crack to, 
it's that. And you always talk about down and distance is, is the things that players struggle with the most mentally. Why? Well, I mean, if you knew, first of all, Brady. First of all, Brady didn't make the mistake. Gronkowski tipped the ball. Right. He, if he catches that, it's still there. You know, it's a first down. Right. But the ball went through his hands up in the air and got intercepted. And everybody say, "Oh, Brady had an interception." Well, it wasn't his fault. Just like his first interception wasn't his. That went through Edelman's hands and mm -hmm. up in the air. So, you know, everybody wants to to point. You know, all the haters want to point a finger at Brady and said he got lucky. I heard. That Max Kellerman or whatever his name is, guy, what? Yeah. That guy, man. It's probably obvious he's never played because of the things he was saying about Brady and that. Look, what needs to be changed in that league is the uh, overtime, you know, how they determine the winner because the NFL, who's been route really criticized over the last few years with all the things that have happened and and Goodell and all that kind of stuff. They put on a day for the ages Saturday. Two overtime games, four very I mean great teams um with two of the greatest of all time playing two young stars. You know, I mean it was just it was the football fans dream and the games were fantastic. And what happens? The first game, a referee's call determines who wins, which is the last thing you want in the NFL or anywhere. And in the second game, the young prodigy doesn't even get the chance to come back down the field because of an antiquated rule. Right. You know, how many people would have bet that Tom Brady, when, he got, when, the, when they won the toss, how many people would have bet this game's over? More than more than wouldn't right for sure. It'd have been seventy thirty seventy five twenty five people. If you had to put a hundred bucks down, mm -hmm. would have taken this game's over. And to see the greatest maybe of all time take his team down the field, score the touchdown, we all were left like, you know. See the kid get a shot. Yeah. yeah. We, well, here's the kid now. Give him the chance to do it. I mean, he just did it. I mean, they went down and got a field goal in 30 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, the, you know, and he threw some unbelievable throws. All right, now he's got to do it again. Let's let him become legendary. You already got the legend doing his thing. Now let's give this kid a chance to become legendary. I, I just felt unfulfilled watching the game. And the NFL had me. I mean, I was like, this is the greatest. Mm -hmm. And all these people that have criticized the NFL and the, the and that, the it was their day, and it got ruined by an official, and it got ruined by an antiquated rule. Right. So what about that? And I'll equate it to college basketball. The talk right away is that they're going to make pass interference a reviewable call. Do you ever see the day where maybe fouls will become a reviewable call in basketball? Well, we had a we had an instance uh, in the Green Bay game, and we had in that Green Bay game. For those that you know, see me going crazy and can't ever understand why I am, and then we made a three-point shot. Score was forty-three to forty-three, right in front of our bench. We made a Cumberland made a three, and the guy guarding him went through Xavier and fouled Xavier trying to get to Cumberland. And the the official called the three point good and a foul on Xavier. Well, they hit Xavier in the head. So I asked for them to go to the monitor mm -hmm. to see if that was flagrant because if they call it flagrant, right now the way it was standing was we get three we get three in the ball. There we would have gotten three two free throws in the ball and in a three-point game now because the basket went in that would be huge so I wanted to rule you know I wanted it adjudicated as as best it could be well the officials in the game made a, a very bad mistake one that should never happen in a college basketball game just like the one in the in the Saints game, Saints game should never happen they went and looked for the flagrant decided it wasn't but also decided that the shot came after the foul, and they took the three points off the board, which you cannot do. You cannot reofficiate a play. Right. And so, in in the talking with the powers that be after it was over, 
you know, and admitting that they made a mistake and, you know, what do you, you know, what do we want to do about it and, and those types of things. One of the things that was said to me was, you know, it was a mistake, but wouldn't you want it right if it was your way? When, if we ended up winning that game, if they kept the points on the board and we ended up winning that game by two or three, wouldn't I want it? And it was the other way around. Wouldn't I be upset about that? And my answer was no, which is exactly what you're saying. You cannot reofficiate plays. We do not want new rules like a block charge. And this is why I said in the Milwaukee game, we lost by three, and late in the game there was a block charge call on James Beck. And it was an and one, and they got three points. Well, the video shows it was a dead charge. Right. He was not in the circle. It was a dead charge. We lost the game because of it. Well, I can go back and say we lost the game because of a lot of other things, but that was a huge, huge turning point. The block charge is part of basketball. It's an official in real time having to make a decision, and it's a very difficult decision to make. He made the one that went against Oakland in that game. No, I don't want them to be able to go to the monitor and decide if, if I fouled you or not or decide if it was a block charge. People stop watching the game because you'll be doing it every other. They're already too much to the monitor. Right. You know, 15 years ago before the monitor, you played. Part of part of the greatness of the sport is bitching about the fishing. <laughs> part of the greatness of the sport is, you know, we lost because this guy, this idiot, made a bad call. That's what, you know, that's what it's human. The game's human, and so no, I don't want to see fouls or anything like that being uh, adjudicated differently. I, I think. You have the referees. They make the calls. You know what? If they're bad, get rid of them. Get better ones. Teach them. Make them better. But don't surely, you know, I mean, if college basketball goes to, oh, is that a charge or a block? I, I, I may get out, man. I don't want to. I don't want to sit on a bench, and watch a game take three hours to play. Nor do any fans. Well, yeah. When you're 93 and you're coaching your 65th year, you'll be yeah. you'll be bouncing out the door. No question about. It. We'll take our final break. We'll come back. Final few minutes of the show. I got one more tweet to get to, and uh, we'll get coaches' thoughts real quick on IUPUI and Chicago as well. You're listening to the Greg Campy Show, brought to you by the Evans Law Group. I'm here with Cameron Evans, president of the Evans Law Group, proudly headquartered in downtown Rochester. Super Lawyers Magazine has recognized Cam as one of the top 100 lawyers in Michigan. U.S. News and World Report has recognized the Evans Law Group as one of the best law firms in the United States and recognized Cam for the ninth straight year as one of the top lawyers in America in the field of employment law. Cam, what does this type of all-American recognition mean to you? Neil, it means our clients believe that they receive outstanding value for the advice, counsel, and legal representation we provide. Through my 20-plus years of representing businesses with their labor and employment needs, I have had the privilege to work with numerous executives. In turn, executives have sought me out to represent them with their own employment and equity issues in various business ventures, including employment with portfolio companies owned by private equity groups. I negotiate executive employment agreements, equity award and stock option agreements, and, when necessary, severance agreements. To learn more about the services offered by the Evans Law Group, contact CAM at 248 248- 468-1485 or visit them on the web at evanslawgrp.com Thanks a lot, Neil. It is an honor once again to sponsor the Great Campy Radio Show and go Golden Grizzlies. Neil Rule here again for Real Team Real Estate, the official real estate provider for the Oakland Golden Grizzlies. Look, a lot of times real estate companies will hit you with a brilliant tagline in advertising speak. All I can tell you is this. I know Tom Lauer and the folks at Real Team Real Estate personally. Our kids have played together. I have referred Real Team Real Estate to family members and close personal friends. I'm asking you to support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Go to mirealteam.com and tell them Neil Rule and the Golden Grizzlies sent you. Real people, real experience, real results. Real Team Real Estate. Neil Rule here with Dennis Burnham, owner of D2 Technologies, the answer for all your business and residential technology needs. Dennis, why is D2 Technologies the best in the business? Thanks, Neil. D2 Technologies isn't a typical big box corporation. Honest pricing and quality installations are what's important to me. Whether it's a phone system, security cameras, or whatever your technology needs may be, 
Your experience with me from the setup, design, and installation of your project will be a professional and smooth experience. My personal guarantee. D2 Technologies has done work in my home, and I can't recommend Dennis enough. Support the companies that support the Golden Grizzlies. Call D2 Technologies at 586-256-9436. Right block, Xavier. Huge possession for Oakland. Benny Pittman catches back to Norris. There's five on the shot clock. Norris got to lose up. Stepping back between the legs. Dribble. Pull up 18-footer. Off the heel. Rattles and falls. A long two for Brady Norris. He's got seven. Huge bucket for Oakland. 30 to 25. Welcome back to the Greg Campy Show. Brought to you by the Evans Law Group. Typically live at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. But we are not because we are on the road. IUPUI that comes up tomorrow as you're listening to this, and you can hear it right here on Detroit's 1130 AMWDF and the fan. Note, 1050 AM, we go on the air. So you can turn it on the radio, turn on your computer at work. Uh, I won't tell your boss, uh, I promise. My name is Neil Rule. He is a coach, Greg Campy. Coach, a couple more to get to here off of Twitter. At Oakland, you fan wants to know, Coach, in the past, you've gotten big teams to come to the arena because they have local kids like Yante Mayton at Georgia. Will you try to do the same thing for Xavier next year with an away game in North Carolina? Oh, yeah, we try and do that with everybody. I'm trying to get Ohio State for Braden. I'm trying to – we've talked to North Carolina, North Carolina State. It just doesn't look good for next year. Uh, I'm trying to find maybe Maryland or South Carolina or somebody like that just to get them. You know, we played at Georgia this year, and and a lot of the people from North Carolina came down to the game. So I'll try and get one game as close as I can. I I really only have one game left to schedule. Don't. Ask me because the contracts aren't signed. Well, Coach, it's where all, are we going next year? It's all, <laughs> it's all verbal right now, so please don't let, let's not get into that. Although I will say this, we will be in Orlando to open the season in a in a exempt tournament in Orlando, Florida. Uh, all mid majors too. It should be a pretty cool tournament. So if you the first or you know the second weekend in November next year, if you want to go get some sun plan and see three Oakland basketball games down in Orlando, go to Disney World on the side, come on with us. So, But we're getting off off subject. <laughs> yes, I'm trying to get Xavier a game down there, but it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Uh, Jeff asks us on Twitter, at JMR2152, Coach, is there still a place for the sky hook in today's game? I haven't seen anyone use a hook shot in a long time. You big sky hook guy? Well, you know, <clears throat> that that shot was a unique shot to a unique player. Um, we tried to teach it back in the day, and it's a very difficult shot to teach. To get the guy to be able to put the arm out behind him and turn the shoulder. The shoulder and the arms are what makes it the sky hook. It is the best shot there is if you can shoot it, but there are very, very few people that naturally can do it. And, you know, there were players that we tried over the years to, to get and, you know, take a hundred of these with your right hand, take a hundred of these with your left hand every day all summer. And at the end of the summer, uh, they still couldn't do it. So I don't think you're going to see much of it. There'll be somebody that comes along that can do it because it's a natural thing. Yeah, you can either do it or you can't. So, Coach, final couple minutes of the program here, IUPUI, the Jaguars, a special 11 a.m. tip. Well, we'll be on the air at 1050 on the Real Team Real Estate Radio Network. Uh, a unique game uh, in that respect. You guys took a loss down there last season, got the win against them here, ultimately won at Little Caesars Arena as well. First off, how, how do you think that impacts things tipping at 11 a.m.? Well, it's good for us because that's when we practice. You know, our practice time is 10 to, to noon. So uh, on a Thursday, we're used to being on the floor playing. I hope they practice at midnight so that they're not. Um, this is a big game for us because uh, – this is a game that really worries me because of their physicality. And I am scared with us and physical teams. Uh, if the game is called tight, we'll shoot a lot of free throws and we'll be okay if the game's not called tight. I'll give you an example. Northern Kentucky was a very physical team. The first half it was not called. The second half it was. We pulled away and won. We made a bunch of free throws. And, and that we're not good against physical teams. When they can go in there and push and shove and beat Brad up, you know, and, and beat Xavier up, um, when they can hand check uh, Braden out on top and he can't get to places we're supposed to get to to run our stuff, you know, we struggle to score. And, you know, it goes then to what we just talked about officiating. It's just going to go to how the game's officiated. Uh, you know, I'm going to scream and yell for it, but some sometimes they're, you know, uh, I thought the Detroit game was a physical game. That that 
bode well for us because they played zone and they weren't out, you know, hand checking and things like that. So um, we'll see how the game's played. They are a very, very good rebounding team, and that's our Achilles heel. Coach, so, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, go ahead. I'm just really scared about this game. I mean, this is if we can get this one, it'd be a huge win for us. And piggybacking on that, final minute of the show in Chicago, a place where you guys haven't lost since you've joined the Horizon League. Uh, you, you've been perfect in Chicago. Why is that? I don't know. I, I, I guess maybe the Portillo's makes everybody happy, and we just play well. Who knows? But you know, I haven't even looked at that yet. I, I we gotta we gotta get through Thursday, and because we play a morning game, we'll have a you know an extra five or six hours to to prepare for Chicago from a coaching standpoint. Now I got a coach that's that's. Already you know, yeah. I mean, that's he hasn't even looked at IUPUI. His whole focus is on is on uh, UIC, and and as soon as the game is over, when we're eating somewhere, uh, he he and I'll sit down and he'll show me. And uh, I have watched them, you know, during the non-league season. I've watched them play three or four games, so I have a clue. They've got veteran team. We know their players, uh, but there there is no Adiosi in there now, so right. they're a different team. And we've got to, we'll prepare in a quick prep for them. Well, speaking of eating, we'll be back at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills. All the season fries you want, Coach, next week when we come back. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I'm going to miss, miss not being there tomorrow. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll appreciate your time, Coach. And, and thanks to everyone for listening as well, contributing with the questions. Also, we certainly do enjoy it. We will be back at RJ's Pub in Rochester Hills next week for the Coach Greg Campy. My name is Neil Rule. Thank you for listening to the Greg Campy Show. Well, see you later. Thanks for listening to The Greg Cappy Show. Tune in next week at 7 on your exclusive home for the Golden Grizzlies. Detroit's 1130 WDFN. The Fan.